Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Rob and Callie Show. This is Rob K. We're coming to you from the TalkingAlternative.com network. I am here with my friend Callie Alpert. What's up, Callie? Hi, Robbie. How are you doing? I am so good, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> we come in here to the studio every every week. <laughs> <laughs> and we have this plan. <laughs> well, I remember the very first few shows, I actually thought maybe this could be one of our good um, uh, sort of marketing shticks is we really, that we don't plan everything and mm. we don't plan much. Yeah. Um, in fact, even lately as we've had, you know, meetings uh, with people um, and, you know, as we're working to sort of expand our brand and get some, you know, marketing advice and the potential for some uh, more business and affiliating ourselves with other networks, mm-hmm. you know, often that's what people are uh, asking is, oh, do you script it and how long do you prepare? I'm like, no, we yeah. just kind of walk in and do our thing. Right. So, so here we are. I pull out a business card. I write down some notes. <laughs> Someone offers me paper. I'm like, nah, I don't need a whole sheet of paper. <laughs> business card is fine. So, um, but yeah, I think that's what's great about the show is it's unscripted. That's how we started. And it's one of the things that keeps it real, you know? That's what we like to do. We like to keep it real. We like to keep it real, people. So today we're going to talk about keeping creativity alive or staying creative in your life. And I think it's really important because, you know, when we're kids, you go to a playground, there's not one kid sitting on the bench. All the kids are playing and they're having fun and they're being creative either on the playground or they're doing other things in a classroom or when they get out of school, you know, they play after school. Kids are just so creative and so in touch with their spirit, their soul, their heart. And I think as we get older, we move from the heart to the head and we start thinking a lot more and we forget to play. We forget to have fun and we forget to to be creative, to let that creative spirit kind of flow through us and enjoy that part of life other than just solving problems because that usually becomes the challenge as an adult how am I going to pay the mortgage how am I going to pay the car how am I going to pay for the kids school like how am I going to take care of things what's going to happen in the future maybe fear starts creeping in and kids are in the moment you know they're just enjoying themselves and when I was a kid um I was really just naturally interested in art and being creative. I started to be a cartoonist when I was very young. And I don't know if I knew that about you. I don't remember that actually. It's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we've talked no, about I that. I just learned something new. Thanks. Yeah. So like my markers were like my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I just would be in my room a lot and usually in my house, there's fighting going on or something. And um, he says know, with a smile that nobody can see. Yeah. So it's like, years of therapy later (laughs) but you know so I kind of isolated in my room a lot spent a lot of time by myself and I just drew a lot and Mm -hmm. let my imagination just sort of help me spend the time but also to get some joy out of my life and I loved drawing as a kid and thank god my parents put me in an art class so after school even though I kind of like sports, I didn't really play sports much. I was a good swimmer, and that was really about it. I was a small kid. So I would go to art class, and I remember it was so great. And it was Mrs. Perlmutter's art class <laughs> in Terrytown, New York. And I would go there and paint and draw. I spent a lot of time being artistic in that way and also finding other ways to be creative in my life. But that was one of the main things. I was a big drawer, cartooner, cartoonist. <laughs> And even in college, I did that a little. But as I get older, that kind of went to the yeah. wayside. 
and I just never really kept up with, I took some art classes when I was a teenager, but not much. And it's something that eventually came back into my life. And so... How did it come back? Did you have to make a point of it or did it happen organically? Well, it's funny yes, because what happened was I read The Artist's Way. Mm. And when I read The Artist's Way, it talked about getting in touch with that little kid, that little artist, and remembering what it was like to be an artist and to be a creative person and use that creative part of our, our soul. And I just started to do artist dates, which are little things you used to do when you were a kid. And I remember one of my first artist dates was a painting I did where I got a finger painting set and on the finger painting set box for a kid was like all these handprints of finger paint. And so what I did was I put all these different colors of fingerprint on a canvas and I pressed my hand onto it. And so the painting is this handprint of all these different colors. And I was like, that really represents my life right now, you know, all these different colors. So it was great. I still have the painting. And then eventually I did other artist dates and I started to actually paint. And I had this craving, I had this feeling, I wanted to feel paint on a paintbrush going across canvas. And I got some canvas and got a cheap acrylic set and started to play around with that and started painting angels of all things, you know. (laughs) There's a real shocker. Yeah, yeah. How old were you when that happened? Well... I was in my early 30s. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, because it would be fascinating if like as a kid when things are kind of put before us, but we, we don't realize the predisposition until we're older and look back and say, holy cow, I, you know, already you knew on some level. So that's why I was asking that question. Well, it's funny you say that though, because I remember when I was a kid, I was drawing, is it centurions? Like where it's like half man, half horse. horse. And then I was drawing like all these mythical characters characters i had no idea how i was even thinking of this stuff so it was almost like being channeled through me or something um but yeah the the artist way really just opened up my life in that way to get back in touch with that little artist in me and who was now an adult artist and i had other ways to be creative i mean even the show i think one of the reasons we get so much joy from the show is because we're being creative yeah i think a lot of people um ask um, knowing that I have a lot of different creative desires and pursuits and sides of me that I dabble with inconsistently. And so I've often been asked that question, why a podcast when there's so many other um, things that I've played around with in recent years? And one of the answers I give is, you know how you feel when you do that painting? That's how Rob and I feel when we do the podcast. Like yeah. It just feels like the most organic extension of us right now. I also, I grew up in a wildly artistic household. My mom is a brilliant, one of the most talented people I know, multifaceted in all her. She's, you know, a painter by trade, but also a writer and a playwright and a poet and a singer and a songwriter, Mm -hmm. really, really talented. Mm -hmm. My sister is a brilliant artist, painter. My dad um, was a sax player when we were growing up, but he didn't pursue it as much. So he was just the he was the audience for the arty women in the family. Mm. And but we grew up with, you know, I actually my mother taught art class. My mother was an art teacher back in the day and taught art classes. Um, She was my substitute art teacher sometimes in grammar school. Uh We had, um, uh, you know, classes that we were teaching out of our house. I taught the local neighborhood kids arts and crafts. I'm remembering this only as you're talking about it now. I haven't thought about this in a long time. Yeah. And so it's very much a part of my blood. And now I've, you know, I've been a photographer um, for the last almost 30 years. Yeah. Um, And I love to sing and I've dabbled in being in bands and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And yet, like you just said, when I hit college, my creativity 
stagnated for a while. I think I just got distracted or I got too caught up in the pursuits of the practical and not um, being in flow. And like you talk about kids and how we're so, uh, how pure they are and how unadulterated they are in their creativity. Mm. Like they're so in flow. I mean, they're really, like you said, very, very present. Yeah. And recently, just kind of now jumping on my, my personal timeline, I've been told, in fact, this is a woman that I saw recently. She's an intuitive slash kind of personal like life coach somebody that I know um, from Tucson Arizona who's a really spectacular lady and um, also a healer and I saw her recently she was visiting New York both times I've seen her once when I or twice when I've had actual uh, readings and healing sessions with her Mm -hmm. and once just for dinner recently she's constantly reminding me that I have to get back in touch with my creative side and just playing with the dabbling not overthinking it because that's what I would do yeah I would overthink it what's going to be the thing and what's going to be the one I commit to and time versus money and I don't have enough you know money or I'm not secure enough in my professional life at this time to feel like my headspace is free to create and you know blah mm-hmm. da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is is amen I mean I really it really is such an essential important thing to do and then the question becomes what do you you know how do you find the time and what do you choose to do yeah you yeah know? Because you have to have a job, you have to pay the bills, you have to do all the responsibilities that, you know, I talked about as an adult, you know, everyone has their own stresses that they go through. And I think that's why a book like The Artist's Way or any sort of reminder to take an hour and to take an improv class, you know, I love improv because not only do I enjoy doing it and I'm like super hysterically funny. As everybody knows, <laughs> but besides that, no, I love taking and modest improv- as hell. Yeah, no, but I love taking an improv class because in the class will be some actors and some people want to do comedy professionally, but then there'll be a lawyer, there'll be a teacher, there'll yeah. be an accountant. Yeah. There's all these other people that just want to take a break from their daily life and go have some fun and play. And a lot of the games that you do to warm up an improv or when you're doing the actual improv, it's like a bunch of kids playing who are adults. And it's really great because, again, it gets us in touch with that joy, that pure joy that's free, you know, as long as we make the time for it. Yeah. I'm currently pursuing something that I did a few years ago, which is speaking of sort of people that have their day jobs and then want to pursue their secret, you know, rock and roll fantasy passion at night. There's a group in New York. There's actually one in L.A. too. And it was started, I think, back in the 80s by a guy who was probably like working on Wall Street or as a banker or whatever. Not that those are mutually exclusive. And then um, but he also had the rock and roll fantasy and wanted to have his own band and you started gathering people where you can just show up, you pay some small fee, you show up, you go to a professional studio, and you jam with a bunch of strangers. And then they have another, ver- and so I went a few times a few years ago, but I had to force myself because it was uncomfortable. Number one, I wasn't clear, I, I wasn't confident in my, I know that I'm a decent singer. Mm. When I'm in my life, when I'm in the car, when I'm in the shower, when I'm singing on a street corner mm. to myself, but to do it publicly, mm. let alone to do it with strangers and have to be organized about it, took like major balls. I had to force myself and I had to push through that to remind myself of how good it feels when I'm actually doing it and how much joy I derive from it, like you said. Mm. Um, and so I'm pursuing that again, actually, right now. Oh, good. To think, but I still have my blocks and, you know, the question becomes, why do we get so far away from that? What is it that sort of, I don't want to say hardens us, but distracts us so much that we forget basic things like, oh, let's pursue something that feels good. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, let, let's go dancing. Let's go do some karaoke. I love it when you and I just start singing, like in a restaurant or something. <laughs> it's like, it's so great. It's something, you know, we got to do on the show. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and the other thing about growing up is um, my parents were really good at having culture in the house all the time and, you know, music playing all the time. Yep. My mom would take us to the opera. My mom, I was just telling somebody today that my mom took us to Frank Sinatra at Carnegie Hall when I was like nine. And I remember she said to me, you're going to tell your grandkids about this. Mm. And it's true. It's like, you know, I saw this icon who was unbelievable with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra. And it's just so great. And music has been so huge in my life. Yeah. So even, it's interesting. I think listening to music, you almost get the same feeling sometimes as playing music or being creative with music, just being in that zone. Yeah, it's a vibration that you pick up on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I feel like I interrupted. <laughs> no, no, it is. It's a, it's a whole vibration. So, um, yeah, it's just so important. And, you know, even when I was in college, even though I was a mess and I was completely lost and I didn't know anything about anything, um, my favorite class was graphic arts. I was an advertising major because I wanted to be a copywriter. I didn't even understand the whole business of advertising. That was all of my ignorance back then. But I remember graphic arts was my favorite class and being able to draw in that, create different logos and things like that. And then my other favorite part of college was working at the radio station, you know, and going in there and getting on the air and playing all these records and different songs I wanted to and just being in that sort of creative environment. I'm thinking about two times in my life as an adult or a young adult when... I was reminded of how much pleasure I derived from remembering to be creative because somehow as I've gotten older, I sort of have to remember sometimes as much as that seems kind of sad to say, Mm. to make the time or to bother or to not overthink it because I have a habit of doing that. What's going to be the perfect thing? Because I'm sort of a jack of all trades, master of, you know, different ones every year. Mm. Um, And so sometimes you get the analysis paralysis too of overthinking what's going to be the thing you do at least I I have a habit of doing that sometimes Mm -hmm. so there were two times uh, I remember once is when I was going to do I decided to do a holiday card and kind of design it I did a nice watercolor image of something that was meaningful to me and I decided I was going to make copies of that and distribute that to all my friends and I got so much pleasure out of it and I almost remember feeling this palpable sense of release that I sat down, it sounds so simple, but it was so gratifying. Probably because at that time in my life, I hadn't bothered in a while. Yeah. And the other was when I took up, not when I took up photography, but I remember after taking one of the first like big trips that I took, Mm -hmm. um, and because I have an affinity for travel photography, that was a, a significant opportunity to take those types of pictures. And I remember coming back, I was in India and Nepal many, many um, years ago, and I came back and it was the first time that I enlarged my photos and gave them more life and more kind of credence, and I was kind of in love with them. Mm-hmm. And again, I remember feeling almost like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders, just this real sense of being in flow and very present. It was so simple. Yeah. So I don't know um, how I got so far away from that or why that sounded, why that was such, how to be such an event. Neither of those things is so difficult to achieve, you know, just kind of decide you're going to do it and do it. Yeah. Um, Maybe I have more blocks about that than other people do, but Mm -hmm. it was really wonderful. Uh, And it really, now I try to make a real point of that. 
whatever it's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. to really walk around with my, even if it's with my iPhone, which is, you know, I used to be very rebellious about because I always believed a real photographer doesn't take pictures on an iPhone. Now mm-hmm. I do. And mm-hmm. I am a real photographer, mm-hmm. so I won't judge that any longer. But the point is, is that I always make a point during the course of my day to see something creatively, just to sit and be quiet, to really recognize music, to honor like a street musician that's playing drums on a bucket on the street, whatever it is, but just to let in that space and have that moment because it's it's really a meditation. Yeah. yeah. In essence, at least for me. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about what you accomplish or what you put out is just the um the energy and the kind of presence of mind that it creates. Yeah. You know? I think anything that I experience from the heart brings me so much joy. Yeah. And I remember when I was in Maui, all they talk about there is the heart, living from the heart, talking from the heart, loving from the heart, laughing from the heart, enjoying life from the heart. It's such a heart-centered place, but it's so true. I think that's why everyone's so happy there besides being in paradise. Um, (laughs) You know, but, um, and I think... I'm a very passionate person and I think for me that means putting my heart into things and putting my heart not only into creativity but relationships and life in general. You know, I care deeply about people and I care deeply about life and I really want to make a difference while I'm here in this life. And so I try and do things from the heart and even if I get a gift for somebody, you know, I have this knack where I have this vibe where when I walk into the store to get a card, I find the right card almost immediately. And I think it's just because I'm in that creative zone, you know, I'm in the flow and everything's sort of clicking together as far as, you know, putting it together. And I I get excited like a little kid, like putting this whole gift together for somebody to give it to them or, or whatever it is, anything that requires thought and thinking of other people and using my imagination. And, um, as a voiceover actor, for years going on auditions, I had a daily opportunity almost to use my imagination and to be creative. But I think the most joy I got was from my own personal projects that I did, like my life coaching album that I talk about sometimes or a video I did for veterans, thanking them and giving them some, some support. And now the show that we're doing, what's amazing to me about life is, I don't know if I'm going to articulate this well enough, but you know that whole thing that when you're doing something that is really meant to be or something that you really enjoy, it's timeless and time just passes yeah. and it's almost like you lose yourself in the experience. And I feel that way when we do the show, like we sit down, we're like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and, and then we get into like our, we just, yeah, we kind of get into our zone. And it's like a ride. It's yeah. like flying. And it's like, we land after a half an hour. We're like, that was great. I can't <laughs> wait to hear what the hell we talked about, you know? <laughs> But yeah, I think being in that just imaginative state, you know, I think it's one of the things I loved about John Lennon, that dude, his imagination, it was, I mean, I love the Beatles and they're my favorite band, but he was so much more than just the Beatles as all four of them were. But when I go into Strawberry Fields, it's almost like I can connect to that imagination he had in a way, just that energy. There's such a creative vibe in that part of Central Park. It's incredible. Yeah, I've I've actually, we've never really talked about this, but I've gone there many times and just sort of sat and kind of tried to drink in his spirit and his energy and Mm -hmm. his civility and sense of justice and humanity and yeah, all those things too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a very seminal book that I believe was from the 70s, Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow. 
And I remember my parents had it on our bookshelf when I was growing up. And I don't even know that I read it. It was completely lost on me. It sounded ridiculously, I was a, still am, but was a wildly idealistic kid. And yet I never really grasped what that book represented. Mm. All these years later, I can look back just by the title alone. I don't even remember if I read it or not. Mm. It is so true because that's another reason that I think, at least I can speak for me, where I got distance from my creativity. I work in a creative field. I mean, I've been, you know, so I'm lucky because I've been able to be, a, you know, a television producer creating content and having very creative experiences along with all the business, um, more difficult, you know, ugly aspects of the bottom line of what television is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it's been a really nice way to integrate all those different parts. And yet, I think I got away from my extracurricular creativity because I got too caught up in how do I pay the bills and what's the practical aspect. And I think that sometimes peop, people feel like they have to be mutually exclusive and you have to be in a certain place before you have the luxury of enough money or enough time to be thinking about these extracurricular endeavors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really dangerous thing because, as you said earlier, it really needs to be a more integral part of our everyday lives in order to keep us happy and balanced and feeling integrated. And what I can't encourage enough at this point, just having experienced it myself, is how, how important it is to find some moments in your day, similar to a lot of things we've talked about, whether it's just being quiet or meditating or having time for your kids or whatever the thing is, Mm -hmm. is to find an hour a week, cumulatively, whatever, Mm. to do something that's creative. Creative could be picking flowers from your garden. It could be cooking. It could be doing crafts with your kids. Uh, You know, there's there's an endless, an an infinite amount of, you know, description for, or infinite amount of um, sort of qualifications for what makes something creative. And that's Mm. not for anybody to dictate, right? Mm. But I think it's really essential that it becomes a part of one's day if you're really going to feel like you're in flow. Yeah. And I wonder if like a definition of being creative is sort of making something from your soul or sort of connecting to your soul. Like you said, it's a form of meditation. So it can be very simple ways like you were describing. It doesn't have to be a huge class you take for 10 weeks. It could be sitting down with a journal, opening up to page one that's blank and just writing. Yep. You know, that, that can be enough. And I think it's really important because I was thinking that I forget, but I think babies, if they don't get enough affection, they can develop a disease and they can actually die from it. So the human body needs affection. Well, I think it's the same thing with staying connected to our soul and staying connected to our spirit and giving our spirit expression. And it's very important. If we don't do it, we may not die of a disease, but we may have some other unhappiness in our life because we're just not feeling all the different colors that life offers. You know, life becomes very black and white. And like you said, we start overthinking things and obsessing about things and trying to force solutions when really life will figure out its own solution at the right time. And it wants us to go outside and do something else or distract ourselves or not even distract ourselves, but take a break from thinking. You know, I, I call myself a recovering (laughs) <laughs> what, what did I say? I'm a recovering figure outer. <laughs> so I try and remember that I don't have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think you mentioned the idea of the, the color, the life's many colors. I think it's our many colors. 
And again, I don't you know, maybe that's just semantics, but mm-hmm. I think that without creating this space for creativity, we're not honoring all our own different parts internally that need to come out that are a form of, you know, that need to be expressed mm-hmm. um, as opposed to experiencing things from the outside in. And, and ultimately, that's all sort of a circular thing anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple. I mean, I'm just thinking about even when I walk into people's dinner parties and somebody's taking the time to create a beautiful table yeah. with all the right. I mean, all of that's creative. You know, creative can be the way you communicate with somebody. Creative could be the way you dance or get dressed or, you know, whatever it is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it's it's really important to find your find your thing. And again, coming back to what we're doing here, that's this is right now my painting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've often um, envied people that know exactly what it is and they have one thing and they do it with such passion and commitment and clarity and they know what their thing is yeah and my thing's always been a bunch of different things that i dabble in and i'm inconsistent with so i've had to make peace with that too that that's okay that is my art form is exploring different art forms Mm -hmm. rather than putting the pressure on myself to pick one Mm -hmm. i think that's the value of doing things like artist dates and what we're talking about to take the time to get to know that artistic side of you the artist within you and the creative part of you because you may not know exactly today what you want to do a year from now in a creative way and it may come through you and I think some of the greatest actors singers writers performers just creative types they know sometimes they're channeling I mean you know Paul McCartney talks about let it be it came to him in a dream absolutely and he woke up and just knew the song and it's probably one of the greatest songs ever of all time so I think we know sometimes after practicing, we're kind of channeling sometimes, just coming through. It's like, I don't even know where that's coming from. I took a spiritual class I sometimes go to. And um, during the lecture there, when I'm taking notes, I'll just start doodling and drawing different things. And it's like, I'm amazed what I'm drawing. Because usually when I'm out and about running through New York City or trying to figure out, you know, my next project or whatever it is, or, you know, what client I got to meet up with. I'm not thinking about, oh, I'm going to sit down and draw angels. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm sketching these angels. I'm like, it's pretty cool. Like, I actually think at some point I'm going to do a whole painting series of it, which would be great. Nice. But that would have never happened had I not slowed down, taken that class, sat still with a pencil, with some paper, and just let the universe kind of work through me a little or just kind of, you know, create through me. I can't count the amount of times I've heard someone say, I can't draw, I can't dance, I can't sing. So what? I mean, maybe that's not your thing, but, you know, the idea of holding it, um, holding a a bar up um, that that determines whether you should try it or not because you think you suck is probably not the reason to not pursue it. Yeah. And I also think it's important that if you don't know what it is, but you just know that you have a Jones inside of you to get some energy out, because yeah. it really is just another form of, you know, of getting like of expressing or releasing or getting energy out mm-hmm. that just pick something, just take one step, take one class, Buy one pad of paper, type one word, you know, just try something rather than being too perfectionistic or, you know, holding yourself to a standard that's unrealistic. You know, I think that's important. Even if you sit down, you make a list of activities or things that would help you get in touch with your heart and soul. Just that would be a great start. Yeah. Or that or that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. Five things that you love and figure out a way to be around them. Five things that bring you joy. Right. 
Yeah. Five things that say thank you, everybody, and we're going to go now. Um, <laughs> so this has been another episode. <laughs> so we'd like to thank everybody for listening to yet one more episode of the Robin Callie Show. My name is Callie Alpert. You can find out more about me at CallieAlpert.com. And if you have any questions or you have any topics you want us to talk about or anything you want to say about the show, you can reach us at the Rob and Callie Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.